This is the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we're using scripture and science to make your new nature in Christ second nature. Episode 16 for Thursday, September 26, 2019. Big idea. Jesus didn't come to save you from the storm, but to guide you through it. Our weekly identity statement. I left my comfort zone behind to embrace the more I was made for by securing my ship to Jesus' lifeline and paying careful attention to him to get me through the storm. In our memory verse. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize in our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 4, 14-16 Yesterday, we started looking at the rebellion. Specifically, we looked at the habitual rebellion of the Israelites, God's chosen people. In retrospect, we have a hard time fathoming God's chosen people being rebellious. What were they thinking? How could they forget all the miraculous signs God had done? We make ourselves superior to them, claiming we could never make the same mistakes they made. After all, we have Jesus now, and they didn't. Certainly, the people who come to faith because of Christ have a stronger faith than those before him. But the author of Hebrews must have noticed something that caused him to be concerned. He must have had cause to give such a stern warning to the Hebrews. He spends a great amount of ink space dealing with rebellion and hardness of hearts. It's interesting to know that this letter was written approximately 40 years after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. So, those 40 years that the Israelites, their predecessors, spent in the wilderness would have been in their thinking as well. In yesterday's reading, the author quotes from Psalm 95, and this verse in particular carries some additional weight in the theme of today's reading. Their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. I also read this verse today from Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14a. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. That's a pretty popular verse. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I believe we want to be the kind of people who seek God with all our heart. We don't want to be someone whose heart goes astray. But as you might have guessed, there is a problem. We are passionate people living in a society that is literally ruled and governed by our passions. We are told to follow our hearts umpteen times a day. The stories of people who do just that are celebrated regularly on social media, local and national news, as well as in our conversations with friends, family, and co-workers. It is the air we breathe. We want to seek God with all our heart, but the problem is, there are a lot of lures out there. And they're shiny and pleasing to the eye and desirable in so many different ways. We want to seek God with all our heart, but our hearts also want so many other things. We want God, but we want everything else, too. So, we grow weary. 
We get tired of chasing after them all. We get tired of the constant guilt we feel because we know we should be chasing God more than we do. But somehow or another, we run out of energy for the chase. And whatever lure has its hook deepest in our heart wins. But this passage seems to take a stronger stance than we're typically comfortable with. The author says things like, If indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end, and let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. And the author also seems to be saying that those whose hearts grow hard because of rebellion will not enter the rest. And the reason it seems like that's what the author is saying is probably because it is what the author said. What do we do with that? Well, I think we need to take the warning seriously. Yes, God is gracious. But yes, God wants all of your heart. He doesn't want the leftovers. He's a jealous God, and he designed your heart to be his dwelling place. So he will not tolerate sharing a space with something that isn't part of his design. What then is rebellion? I, I think it has two parts. One, hearts that are going astray, and two, not knowing God's ways. First, our hearts are always going astray. It's not enough to follow God out of slavery. We have to follow him into his rest. God led his people out of slavery, but they spent a lot of time after that following whatever caught their attention. But we don't worship idols anymore, so we're good, right? Well, whatever consumes my attention and affection is what I worship. So, if my attention is consumed by something, and the affections of my heart are consumed by something, then whatever that thing is has become an idol. In the Old Testament, there were many times that God's people had literally put idols in the temple. Then someone would come along and clean them out. Then they'd come back after a generation. At least, in part, that was a type and shadow pointing towards God's dwelling place today, the church and our hearts. And God's temple is sacred. The second problem we face is not knowing God's ways. We think we can claim ignorance. But that's not what the Bible teaches. We see that here. Not knowing God's ways was one of the reasons God kept the people out of his rest. If we're being honest with ourselves, we don't want to know God's ways. We want him to bless our lives, not control them. And we know the way we want to go. And God is free to bless me as I go my way. I also reserve the right to get angry with him when he doesn't bless my ways. The problem with that is, it's still our way. We're going our way, not God's. So what do we do? I think there are a couple of things. First, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. That phrase, faith of those who obeyed, really stands out to me. At the beginning of chapter 3, we saw the command to fix our thoughts on Jesus. Here we see that entering God's rest is dependent on faith and obedience. That sounds kind of familiar. Oh yeah, it's the the counterpart to the two parts of rebellion. If your heart is constantly going astray, you don't have faith in the good news. You have faith in the passions of your own heart. 
Your faith is in yourself. Consequently, just as James says, faith without actions is dead, we see a similar thing here. Faith without obedience keeps you from entering God's rest. Your beliefs lead to your actions. If you have an action, obedience, or behavior problem, look deeper, because the real problem is probably faith or belief. Second, encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This was never meant to be a solo journey. This was supposed to be something we, as the house of God, become and experience in togetherness. How often are we supposed to encourage one another? Daily. How long are we supposed to keep on encouraging one another daily? As long as it is called today. Have you called today, today, today? Then you should be encouraging someone. And not just surface encouragement either. Also the, hey, it looks like you're starting to drift a little bit kind of encouragement. And one last word. You may be asking yourself, is there not grace in any of this? This sounds like God is being really harsh and strict. And it sounds like a lot of work and effort on my part. And I thought, I thought the work was already done. Well, that's for tomorrow. But for today, while it's still called today, yes, there is grace. Boundless grace. But it's for those who hold fast to Jesus, whose faith is resolutely set on Jesus and whose focus is undeterred by the crashing of the waves and the lure of the coastline. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is grace. www.thejesushabit.com